upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose. And he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling i am your host jp john pause with me today is a very special guest he is known as the trainer of champions of course a very very legendary trainer he has a cac a lifetime achievement award he's a former nwa u.s champion in the central states he is mr eddie sharkey eddie welcome to the two-man power trip thank you how's everything going what's been going on hey there's nothing going on up here you know, we got a few independent shows, and they've been very, very good. Good crowds. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but, you know, we got, you know, COVID up here like everywhere else. Oh, yeah. It's been uh, been pretty crazy. Have you been getting out there and doing, like, signings and stuff like that, or you kind of stay secluded a little bit? Oh, I go out once in a while, yeah. Well, shall we? You know, for whatever there is, there's not a lot, but once a month, twice a month, something like that. Oh, okay. So you're still out nothing. there. Yeah. So as far as you, what what have you been up to since you kind of like left the wrestling world and left the scene? Well, no, I've just been living a good uh, life. I have a beautiful wife, and we spend a lot of time together. And hang around with a few of the guys that are still still left alive and that's about it i'm afraid uh it hasn't been a very exciting year for anybody yeah it's been uh pretty pretty damn bad it's been pretty awful uh, yeah. all the way yeah, around it's, yeah it's it's pretty bad yes so with you i mean do you still watch current wrestling are you still involved in and yeah. are you still interested in it at all oh no no we have two shows here yeah you know, we're, we're hanging in there, and that's about all. I don't watch much uh, television or anything. Yeah, that's what I mean. Do you do you watch uh, the product? No. 
I haven't lately. Uh, I will again, but uh, you know, you know, I was watching it with them cardboard cutouts and things like that. You know, it's just not the same, is it? No, no. Only recently, about maybe a month ago, maybe or two months ago, I guess you could say, they actually put up the uh, or brought back in the real fans and took down those boards and and the um, the Thunderdome they called it. Well, you know that uh, virus is coming back. It's going to get bad again, and we're going to be sitting here saying what happened. Yeah, unfortunately, seems like it. Yes, I'm afraid so. So with you in wrestling, you, you kind of don't pay attention to it. Did you fall out of love with it, or are you just not interested in the current product with what's going on today? Like, it's just not for you anymore. Well, I don't know anybody anymore. Or, you know, most of us are retired, and we still hang out together and get together once in a while. Go over old high spots, and that's about it. But uh, we're waiting for it to come back like everyone else. Yeah, I think I saw you and uh, Ken Resnick and uh, Shigadnon together hanging out, I think. Yeah, yeah, we got together last week, which was uh, very, very nice. And a few of the guys, I just uh, had coffee with Charlie Norris today, and I'm going to get together with the Terminator. I, the Terminators, I'm, I'm going back probably even before your time, some of, some of the guys, you know, the few that were lucky enough to have alive. Are you talking about the Terminator, a.k.a. Um, Animal's little brother? No, no, no. Oh, how do you mean his little brother? Okay. No. No, so many guys are gone, you know. It's uh, it's kind of hard now. It's yeah. all we talk about now. Who died? Who died this week? Who died last week? And it's, uh, it's rather sad because there are some great people. Is it hard to kind of see all those guys pass you know what I mean? Yes, like, it's, yes, it's hard. It's very hard. It's crazy. It feels like wrestlers die at a crazy rate compared to every other sport. Well, that's a tough life. You know, you abuse your body, and, you know, if you're not dead, you're pretty well crippled up. and You know, it's a hard life. There's nothing easy about it. With you and getting into the business kind of rewinding how did you actually get into the business because it was hard to break in in those days right it was impossible to break in in minnesota especially i had wrestled uh, on a carnival you know that little experience and uh one night we had a big food we all were hanging around in the restaurant and we all hung around together and i hung around with the boys even though i wasn't in the business we worked out together and i walked by and a a guy in a booth reaches over and punches a girl in the face. So I just, I knocked him out with a left hook, a double left hook it was. And then this big, he had a big friend come charging down the aisle at me. And I took him out with the right hand. And he fell back into Lenny Montana's arms. Muka Bratsu from The Godfather, you know, Lenny mm-hmm. Montana. Yep. And, uh, you know, a lot of the boys were in there. And, uh, Word got back to uh, the office, to Vern, you know, because they like tough guys. And I was uh, wrestling a week later, just just as a jobber. And, but I worked my way up, and uh, you know, been in the business the rest of my life. And that's that's how I I got in. Just a couple good punches. Got lucky. 
Man, you have a great recall and great memory, though. You remember everything about oh, that fight. Wow. Oh, we had a lot of fights back then. You know, we had no police protection. We had no barriers. I mean, we're, we're on our own. We had to protect each other. And I can say all the time I was in the business, I never left a guy in the ring. Never. The Mad Dog, Harley Race, people like that. And we had some pretty good fights, you know, especially with Harley. He was, you know, he was tough. He could fight. And uh, we had each other's back. Nobody bothered me because, you know, I was on the hill. But the hills, people were nasty. And towns like Denver, St. Paul were real bad. So we had to protect each other. You know, like, like kind of form a V and get the hills out of the ring, which we did. And uh, never left anyone in the ring. We got barred from, uh, well, like Denver, Harley and I both got kicked out of there. And he pulled the guy's eye out. And... Uh, that was just another night. That's the time he, I don't know, the, the guy grabbed him, was holding him, kind of had him down, and his wife pulled off her shoe, hit him in the head, and I was a few feet away, so I just ran over and kicked him like a football. He didn't move him, so I reached down. I was going to just pull him out by the eye. I reached in an empty eye socket. Harley pulled his eye out. They, they replayed that on the dark side of wrestling, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yep. And, and uh, you know, another night at the shop. And that's the way it used to be. Thank goodness now, you know, we got big barriers and police protection and all that. But we never had that. Now, of course, they're a lot smarter. And they protect the boys pretty good. But back then, you had to fight your way out. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. It's pretty scary, like the riot, because you're obviously yeah. outnumbered, you know, big time. Oh, man, it was, it was scary, you know. That crowd would get uh, nasty, and there might be a couple thousand of them coming down on you. And, you know, just get the first one, because they lead with their chin, you know. They don't know what they're doing. They're hollering at you, so they're pretty easy to uh, to knock out. Just get get the first one, knock him out. He goes down, walk away, walk slowly. Don't walk fast. You'll panic the crowd. Just walk out. Happened a couple times. Minneapolis was, it was a tough territory. Minneapolis and St. Paul. Uh, small towns. Weren't. We, had a, we had a few and a few of the small towns, too. I don't know. You know. People were crazy back then. You know, they believed all that, and they, they just... I don't know. I don't know what, what it's like now. I know it's not that bad. Uh, Plus, Kayfabe is dead, right? The what? Kayfabe is dead now, too, so that's... Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, it didn't hurt nothing either, did it? Nope. We thought, you know, I mean, just to get caught riding together, you'd get in trouble with the office. But now... Nobody cares, but they still go and they enjoy themselves. And uh, the new generation, uh, they're, they're they're just great, great guys, good attitudes, good workers. So they're they're much better off now than we were. When you were breaking in, you said Vern kind of got a hold of you. Was Vern the one that trained you, or did you? Did he send you somewhere else to get trained? Nobody trained me. I, I trained myself. Oh, okay. I had a lot of. I used to work out with a lot of guys. But when I broke into business, I, I had so much help because I hung around with the boys. 
I mean, there's guys like Carl Gotch who would work out with me a little bit, uh, Malenko, people like that. You know, I'm, I was so lucky to break in at a time but there's so many nice guys. They're all friends of mine. And uh, I was just at the right place at the right time where they needed some uh, somebody, so I, I just got lucky. And what was your background before you got into the business? Were you a football player, or what was like the uh, athletic uh, background? Oh, boxing. I like boxing. And uh, the promoter, I was going to be a professional, and the local uh, promoter died. So that kind of ended that. So I ended up back in uh, in the wrestling business. Other than that, I played no sports, nothing. I had nothing to do with sports, just wrestling and boxing. Nothing else. Weightlifting, of course. And that's where you got that nice left-right combo, right? Well, yeah. Well, I trained as a boxer for quite a long time. That's That was a big help uh, in the wrestling business. Yeah, yeah. Got us out of the ring safely. Were you Not too many uh, lawsuits? <laughs> oh, oh my God! Think about yeah. today. Yeah, that would be crazy. Were you always oh, a, like a fan? Yeah, I always liked wrestling. Yes, my father used to take me uh, when I was a real young kid to the wrestling matches. So I've, I've always been a fan. Yes. So with you and obviously kind of transitioning, you were at boxing. Burn gets you. You start training, basically training yourself. When do you start, like, yeah. actually getting the ring and wrestling? Would that be for the AWA at first? Yeah, AWA. Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, Fargo, yeah, against Otto Von Krupp. Never forget it. I was never so scared in my life on TV. What did you think, like, when you first got in it? What was, like, what was going through your mind? What was going through your head? Hell, I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't I don't know, two, three matches, you know, later I was fine, you know, because I did, I had a little experience on the carnival. But the first match was, uh, it was terrifying, like everyone. It was scary. I wasn't ready, you know, they they just needed uh, some jabroni to throw in the ring, you know, and there I was, and, and I did it, and I've been in the uh, business ever since. So with you know, breaking in AWA and Vern. What was Vern like? Vern, Vern, um, outside the ring was the nicest guy you ever met in your life. In the in business wise, he was pretty kind of hard to get along with. You know, everything had to be done just right. You know, yes, watching you all the time and that uh, great promoter, the greatest in the world at the time. But uh, you know, I miss him. Yeah. You know, now that he's gone, you know. They always say he's a very tough trainer, like when he would train the guys, almost train them not to make it. Like he wanted to be so tough on them, whoever did end up making it truly wanted it, like that kind of trainer. Uh, no, not really, not really. Cause, see, after a while, I, I trained, you know, a lot of guys for him yeah. after oh, yeah. a while. And uh, no. No, he he was never hard on the guys. We we were all hard on them. You know, they they had to be tough, but we didn't try to hurt nobody. We didn't try to, you know, blow anybody up or nothing like that. We we're there to teach them, and uh, they came to us with their money and their trust. So we didn't want to disappoint them. No, we didn't. We we're I mean, it had to be hard, but we didn't weren't mean or nothing like that. So when you're 
getting your feet wet and you're moving along when do you get comfortable in in the ring i mean is that something that takes years to get comfortable or is that happen sooner for you well for me it happened uh you know sooner but i mean to really know what you're doing it takes a long time you know six months a year or anything you know it takes a while it's not easy and then you know when you're in the ring and you, and you don't look at the crowd you can't see them anyway because of the ring lights and that but uh it's, it's scary it's scary at first but then after a while it, it becomes easy it's just a way of life in fact it even sometimes uh becomes uh boring really how so well, doing the same thing every night you know on the road and you know i, I actually got quite bored after a while you know, oh, wow. not much, no, no more challenge or nothing like that, and and life became a lot easier. You made more money, but uh, the thing I remember the most is uh, the fun we had. All the good guys I know, we're talking. All all we talk about is the guy. They're all pretty much uh, dead now, but uh, that's all I think about in the business is is the guys and how much I miss them. With you kind of going along and all those guys, I mean, as you're really young in the business, but wrestling, big-time names, eventually huge names in the business, Blackjack Lanza, Larry the Axe Henning. I mean, some big, big-time legends oh, yeah. here. Crusher, Bruiser. Yep. Goes on and on. Oh, uh, up in Minnesota was the uh, biggest territory in the world, I guess. So we had everyone up here, but they all were nice guys. They all were good workers, and it was just fun being around them because we had to spend so much time in the car together, and uh, we we didn't live together. You know, we're together all the time, so it had to be a nice guy or we we couldn't use you. How were those trips? Uh, Well, they're boring. They're terrible. You know, drive to Winnipeg 470 miles and then come back and drive to Chicago the next day, and it was hard. But we always made sure we picked who we traveled with. You know, keep the driver awake. Somebody's always awake, talking, laughing, joking. But they were boring. They were hard. But that's part of the business. When you're kind of coming up, like you said, you trained yourself, but is there anybody that's like a mentor to you or anybody that you're really kind of sticking to, learning a lot oh, from? Oh, God, everybody. Everybody helped me. The Crusher, Billy Red Cloud was great, and everyone I worked with. I mean, Joe Scarpello, Bob Geigel, I can go on and on. It was such a nice bunch of guys, and, and they all were very good workers. No, it's just everyone in the business. You know, it, it's a funny business. We, if we get a bad guy in there, we we get rid of him. And when I promoted, you know, also it's the same way the guys I trained. And when I promoted, there's a guy that uh, would hurt somebody, or our guy that we just couldn't get along with. We just don't use him. Anybody in particular come to mind? Like uh, basically somebody you guys didn't like? Yeah, Nikita Malkovich. He went as Nikita Kamikov. 
And uh, oh, he had, he had, he was, you know, not a very nice guy at all. And uh, out of work with him on television, I was still out of put him over. And the boys called me aside. I remember Tony Bailey, Sean, Maurice Lapointe, and all them great guys from Montreal. And they said, "Well, you know, do 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 the finish and that, but uh, make him look bad. Get up faster than him, and get up quicker, and move move faster, and look better." Which wasn't hard to do because he wasn't very good. So I did that, and and then uh, I'll be darned. The next week they're putting me over, and they fired him. Wow! Look at that. Yeah, well, he did. He, they, they, they fired him. He was, I don't know, he doing all kinds of stealing things. And he had nothing but problems with the guys. So that's the only one I can remember. Other than that, it's a, just the nicest bunch of people I ever met in my life or ever will meet. And then, uh, you know, great guys come through there, obviously. Danny Hodge is another great guy that came through. Danny there. Hodge was a great guy. Oh, my goodness. Wrestling the great Danny Hodge. Wow, that was that that was really fun. He he was a great worker and a nice nicest guy you ever met in your life. He also had some good matches with with Danny and, and we always made money, drew good houses. Oh, he he was a real champion. What was the most important thing to you as far as like when you were wrestling back then? Was it the money or was it to make sure you know for the art, make sure that you had great matches? Oh, the money. At first, it's Matt, the great matches, and then after a while, it's all about the money. Did AWA at that point, were they kind of paying the best? Yeah, they were the best, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, got a cold. Yeah, no, AWA was, was uh, the best, yeah, oh yeah. They paid good. You know, you had to, had to be in shape, and you know, you had to make a lot of long trips but they they paid you well was the schedule brutal as well or was there like days off and you could you know relax maybe a little bit uh, it wasn't uh you know only worked you know, probably about four days a week but uh the trips were uh, oh just endless long trips hundreds and hundreds of miles one night wrestle and then hundreds of miles back home like I say, drive to Winnipeg from Minneapolis, wrestle, and then drive back on the same night. Or to Chicago or Milwaukee or wherever. We didn't stay over. We had to come back the same night. So you had to be careful because, you know, every once in a while back then, there'd be a, you know, guys died in car accidents. And uh, it happened. Just fell asleep at the wheel. Who was some of your riding buddies? Uh, mostly I rode with uh, Harley Race uh, most of the time. Uh, most of uh, people didn't. He didn't uh, just let anybody ride with him. A lot of people, he wouldn't let them ride with him. And he drove so fast. He drove, you know, 100 miles an hour. and That's no exaggeration. He, uh, but we traveled together, and uh, we made money, and we were happy. They do say that about him, that he was a crazy driver. That's what a lot of the guys say. He was crazy, just crazy, unbelievable how fast he would go. And, and uh, you know, a lot of guys didn't want to ride with him. He just too fast. He had one one accident in his, in his life where his wife was killed and a semi rolled over on him, and 
he was going 30 miles an hour. He said, I'm never going to go slow again. And he didn't. Wow. No, he, he but he was a good driver, though, you know. But, uh, you know, he's also my friend, so I want to, you know, hang out with the good guys. And, but they were exciting sometimes. But we'd get to the town in time. Well, that's really interesting with Harley. I didn't even realize the reason behind being such a crazy driver. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, driving thirty miles an hour, and his wife was killed. Yeah, he, uh, he never, never, ever drove slow. But, but he was a he was a great guy. He was he was really we lived together. He was a hell of a guy. Oh, I didn't realize you lived together in in yeah. Minnesota in Minneapolis. Yeah, I, I I bought a house in South Minneapolis in a three bedroom house, and so I'd rent out rooms to. Two other rooms to wrestlers. I had like Jack Pesic and Badman Jose and Harley lived there for a real long time and whoever else, you know, I ran out to rooms and that worked out real good. Especially when we traveled together and we lived in the same house. So that that worked out real good. With Harley, what was he like back then? Because I mean everyone knows kind of the NWA champion years later and you know it's an absolute legend. But what was he like back then? Just a nice guy, a tough, tough guy. You, you get in a lot of street fights. You like to fight, but he was a fun guy, a nice guy to be around, and uh, of course he was a great worker. Yeah, just just a great guy. Did you foresee him being like that big of a star and NWA champion, all that, or you just thought like, okay, he's a great wrestler, he'll do something in the business, but I don't know if he'll be top of the mountain like he was. Oh, you know, no, he was. He, he, he was, uh, him and Larry Henning were the tag team champions here in Minnesota, and he was only 20 years old. He, he was always a, some kind of a champion or something. But but yeah, I worked with him a hundred times, and he was very good. He was a very good worker. What a legendary guy he was, legendary champ. Uh, before he, This was a few years ago before he passed. I was at an autograph signing. I saw him in Philly. And, oh yeah, yeah. He, uh, which was funny, like was making wisecracks. Not to say anything bad about Philly, but he was just making fun of like this is Philly, like what a shithole. Just kind of like joking around, you no. Know? But it oh, was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was awesome to meet him and see like wow, he's still in that heel, you know, rare heel form, oh. healing it up oh, in Philly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he stayed that way. Yeah. Well, that was pretty what, <laughs> pretty much his real self. <laughs> and it was that funny because he was in a wheelchair. And Ronnie Garvin was there. Ronnie Garvin is also known as being a pretty tough guy. He was yeah. joking that he goes, I still don't think I could take him. Like joking around that, that he said, he, you know, teasing that he was going to fight him. And he's like, I still don't think I could take him. And Harley was in the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was he was a a real tough guy. Yes. You know, no baloney there. He was, he was that tough. With Harley and living with him and everything like that. Was it one of those things where he's paying rent to you, or or you let him live there for free? No, he paid rent. Oh, okay. Now, they all paid rent. Rent was twenty dollars a a week then. Oh, not Imagine bad. That. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, back then that was a lot of money. I'm going back in the '60s. So, but we had a, had a nice house and we had, had a good time. When you think about AWA at that point and all the awesome names, I mean, we mentioned. 
Larry the Axe and Hodge and Race and all these guys, but like Killer Kowalski comes through. I mean, it's like everybody. Who's who, right? It came through the AWA. Everybody. Everyone was there. Yeah. There, San Francisco was another good one with Ray Stevens and everyone out there. That was another good territory. All good workers. No bad ones. When you're working AWA, are you also working these other territories, or are you splitting from AWA, working for those territories, and then going back to AWA? Oh, no, I'd, 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 uh, I'd leave uh, every year, every winter. You know, Minnesota gets very cold. Yep. So I'd go to San Francisco or Los Angeles or Phoenix or Salt Lake City was a good territory then. I'd, I'd go someplace warm. It wasn't, uh, and the money wasn't as good as it was here, but, you know, you, you can't stay in one place forever. Yeah, definitely. What was uh, Vern's thoughts? Just good, good thing to do, leave for a while, come back? Oh, yeah, yeah, otherwise you get stale. Oh, yeah, you can't stay forever. I get tired of looking at you. No, we yeah. go every year and go somewhere else. When you work those other territories, is it one of those things that you have the AWA rub? Like, you know, like, oh, that's Eddie Sharkey from the AWA. I mean, that does nothing but help, right? That you, you came oh, from the AWA? Yeah. Oh, sure. You worked AWA, you could work anywhere in the world if you worked uh, up here. Oh, sure. Were you also working, you said LA, so you worked for the LaBelles out there? Yeah. Yeah. Not much. Well, yeah, I'm mostly in, in, in and out, yeah, but uh, I spent most of my time in uh, San Francisco. Roy Shires uh, ran it then. Hanging out with Ray Stevens and Pat Patterson. Well, Ray, uh, no, he was he was a great guy. I mean, he was really, really fun, laughing, happy all the time, you know, and one of the greatest workers uh, in the world ever, maybe the greatest. Oh, yeah, I spent a lot of time with Ray. And here, you know, he, he was in Minnesota for, for quite a while, too. He was just a really a good guy. They always kind of forget about Ray Stevens. I don't know why. A lot of people say Ric Flair got, you know, most of his stuff from watching Ray Stevens. And, you know, you take from yeah. the guy and you use it. Is that something that you think, like, wow, I don't know why he somehow is, you know, underappreciated by a lot of the people because a lot of people stole from him. Maybe because there's not a lot of footage. I, I don't kind of get it either. Well, well, that's it. A lot. There's not all of us. Though. All the footage was they taped over everything, all our TV matches and that. They're all gone. They they reused some tapes, but but Ray, uh, he spent most of his time in San Francisco. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where you're right. I just come to think about. It, I never thought about that before. Because he was probably the best in the business. Uh, you know, I worked with all the great workers. And uh, he'd be about the best. I'd say maybe him and Harley Race. Yeah, he, he should get more credit. That's that's for sure. Because he drew big crowds out at the you know the Cow Palace and places like that in San Francisco. And he was just a hell of a guy. Just a real nice guy. Always happy. Always laughing. Always joking. Just a great guy. When you're out doing those other territories. And kind of coming back, are you thinking like, hmm, I'm getting tired of this, like I want to wind it down? What's your thought as you're kind of getting through and working year after year in the business? Like you said before, you were kind of getting a little bored. 
Oh no, I got tired of it. I I quit. I always went back, you know. But you know, I I got tired of it. It's hard. It's a hard life. And uh, I would look for other businesses, and you know, I was uh, doing something else. I always had some other business going. And but I always went back to wrestling. It's you know, I can't stay away from it. And mostly the guys. It's because you miss the guys and the road trips and the fun we had. Businesses, I don't think it's that good a business. You destroy your body because you got to keep working out. And I did a lot of, most of the damage to my body I did from jogging and uh, lifting weights, more weight than I should, but to jogging because you had to be in such good shape. You know, you, you work with a guy like Ray Stevens, man. you got to get up quick and, you know, three drop kicks and things like that. And you had to be in shape. You know, it was not uh, easy. And some guys would kind of just just lay around in that. But uh, not in Minnesota. Or San Francisco was another one where Roy Shires would watch every match. You had to keep moving, moving, moving. Or they just wouldn't use you. Did you have a lot of injuries at the end of the, the end of the day, no. the end of your career? I didn't have a lot of injuries. I had a lot of injuries from working out. Like I've had hip replacements and a knee replacement and the shoulders and you know the whole thing. But I did all that working out. I just, I, it didn't happen in the ring. You know, we protected each other pretty good, and you know we fell. We fall right, you know, tuck the chin in and all that. But, yeah, I was smaller than most wrestlers, so I had to, you know, build myself up lifting weights. And that's why I did most of the most of the damage was uh, working out, overdoing it. When did you start to want to have your own wrestling company? Jeez, I don't know. Uh, I bought a gym Right downtown, right in Minneapolis, seventh and Hennepin, Ron Peterson, uh, another wrestler, and I, and um, a couple guys come down, you know, asked if they, we had a ring there and everything, and, and asked if train them, and that's what we started. One was uh, Jesse Ventura, another one was Bob Backlund, and there's a couple other guys who weren't very good, but then, you know, and then I realized how much money. I was making, and, and then I, yeah, I quit and everything. You know, I, I was working in a real tough place. I mean, you had to really be tough to work there. A place called Grand Bees. And, uh, you know, Road Warriors are working there, Barry Darcel, Rick Rude, who was really super tough. And they asked me, you know, would I, you know, train them? And they, I mean, they were good guys and they looked great. I mean, you know how good they looked. Mm-hmm. And so I did, and nobody had any money, but, uh, uh, the only one had any money was uh, Road Warrior Hawks. So I, I, I trained him, and everything went good. And I was still in the business then. I called up Ole Anderson, um, who was a big promoter in Atlanta at the time, and he's from up here, you know. And an old friend, he come up and booked him immediately, right away. So then I opened up another school and started char- charging uh, three thousand dollars. And the guys were coming from everywhere. I never made so much money in my life and because of them guys. So yeah, I've stayed in business a long time. Wrestler, referee, trainer, 
everything. Just name it. Yeah, you've done everything. And it's crazy yuck, to think yuck. of, like, when they say greatest trainers of all time, it's you. I mean, they throw you in there. I mean, of course, they talk about, you know, Dr. Tom Pritchard and Stu Hart and a lot of other guys. But your name is always thrown in there, too, because you may have the best resume of the bunch. Well, I do. Um, up until the time that uh, uh, WWE opened up their own school, you know, until Vince opened up his own school. Up until that time, I did. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I can't even name them all. And I made a lot of money, too. I made a lot of money at it. But I, it wasn't me. I don't think I was, all that, I was at the right place at the right time. Like, like that's the way the business is. you got to be at the right place at the right time. Well, that's the way life is. And it was just all the good guys were from here. I don't think I was a great trainer or nothing, just the basics. And, you know, I just got lucky, that's all. What was your training style? Just conventional wrestlers, and, and they develop their own style. You know, that that comes with who you are, your personality, and your size, and things like that. Do you, when but you're... Other, it's just the basics. Like, when you're training, is it a lot of cardio, or is it strictly in ring? Like, how do you do that? Like, how does that work? Well, just in the ring. Because all the guys I trained worked out anyway. You know, they all look good, and they all worked out, so we didn't have to do a lot of it. Just in the psychology, you know, and sometimes uh, we just talk. We wouldn't do anything in ring, just talk about the psychology and things like that. I just covered everything I could, get them off to a good start, and it worked. With training... Was it easy from transitioning? You're a wrestler, now you're going to transition to the trainer. Is that an easy thing to do? Oh, it's very easy because of the, the guys I trained. They all were athletes. They all were, you know, athletes coming in. You know, they already were weightlifters and, you know, in different sports and that. No, no, it's just, it was easy, really, because of them, not because of me, because they're all so good, natural. They're naturals. What did you think of the Road Warriors when you first saw those? Because obviously you mentioned Grandma Bees and Darso and Rick Rude too, but I was just thinking the Road Warriors, possibly, even though Jesse is there and Backlund, possibly the two most well-known students of yours, the yeah. ma- like the massive size on these guys. And kind of the, the shift in the business happened, really, cause, because of them, partially. Yes, yes. Well, I, I, uh, they talked me into it. I didn't want to get back into the business. And uh, they talked me into it, and I've been there ever since. I mean, I liked them so much because they're such nice guys. You know, I like hanging out with them. And uh, they they never disappointed me. They're, you know, Autumn didn't have any money, you know. Like like Rick Rude didn't have any money. And uh, so I said, well, come on, what the hell, you know, come on with us and we'll We'll do it. We'll all do it together and forget about the money. And one day I was refereeing for the WWE here in Minneapolis, and Rude was uh, making a ton of money. You know, he was on top and everything. And he just walked up to me and he said, "Here, I owe this to you." I said, "What?" He, he gave me a handful of hundred-dollar bills, nine hundred-dollar bills. I couldn't believe it. You know, I just I felt like crying. I didn't know what to say. 
That's the kind of guy he was. And he was tough. He, he could fight. And he liked to fight. Yeah, no, he's definitely being one of the toughest wrestlers. Oh, he was tough. I mean, there's something about Minnesota at that time. There, just everyone was tough. There, just a, this was a, this is a very tough town, Minneapolis, which everyone found out. Just easy to train. They all were good athletes. They all worked out. You know, just a, I was just lucky to meet them. I was at the right place at the right time. Did you ever think when you saw the Road Warriors, like guys like that, like, like that, like man, they're going to change the business? I mean, these guys are going to be huge. Or are you just thinking, oh, you know, this is nice, and we'll see what happens? Oh, I never dreamt they'd be as big as they got, and no, no one did, you know. But they had a lot of help along the way. They had uh, Bill Watts and Ole Anderson and people like that, you know, designed the costumes for them and everything. Oh, I never dreamt they'd be that big. The biggest ever, the biggest in the world. I know they do well, I'm just by looking at them. But I never, never, I was so happy for them when they did, you know. I was just overjoyed. I was so happy for them because they're, they're nice guys, too. You know, they're friends of mine. They, don't, they weren't just students, they're friends. What did you think about them when they first were there? Big lumps of clay? No, no, they all were good athletes. Back in that place we worked at, you had to fight. You know, you couldn't work there. And they could fight. I knew they could fight. They've already destroyed a couple of people there by the time I got there. And I mean destroyed them, just really. And so I knew I knew they were tough guys. And you got to be a tough guy. It's a tough guy's business. And uh, I knew they were going to go far. And I didn't think they'd go as far as that. No one did. But they already were tough. They already could fight. No one's going to push them guys around. And you really were responsible for, you know, getting them ready for the next phase in their life, which was going to be a huge one for them. Do you feel like a father figure or you said friend, like brother figure when you're training? Yeah, more of a just, just friends, just buddies hanging out together. And of course, I had Ole Anderson then, who was the, the big promoter. He's from up here. And he came right up and right in the bar, took him right off the floor. You know, they're bouncers. And he said, you and you will be on the plane next Saturday, and you other two will be on the plane a week from Saturday. And, of course, you know, it was tough getting started, you know. But they did it, and they hung in there. And I'm very proud of them. So just to name a few, you mentioned a bunch of them, but the Road Warriors, Talking Animal, you got Rick Rude, Jerry yeah. Lynn, Mike Enos, yeah. Wayne Bloom, Medusa. No, I ever trained. No, Wayne Bloom was trained by Brad Ringens. Okay. So that Minnesota area. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's from here. Yeah. Medusa. He's still here. Yeah, I trained Medusa. Yeah. The Z-Man, Tom Zink. Yes. Ricky Steiner. Yes. John Nord. Yes. Scott Norton. No, I didn't train Scott Norton. He, he's the one that got away. Oh, well, how so? He, 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 I don't know. I don't know how that happened. He got away because he was from that same gang. There was that, yeah, that same exactly. Bunch. Yep. He got away from me, but we've uh, remained friends. And for, you know, whenever he's around town or something, I, I go see him and that. But uh, no, he got away. Nikita Koloff? 
No, I didn't train him either. He was, at the time, he had a broken leg, so I told him to come to camp and just sit and watch and see what you can learn. And uh, that that's as far as I went with him. Paul Ellering? No, no. Minnesota guy. Sean Waltman? Uh, no, no, Sean Waltman uh, was trained by a Malenko in Florida. And then they sent him up to me when he was a 17-year-old garky kid and couldn't believe it, you know. First time he stepped in the ring, he was a great worker. He was a, he was a great worker from the minute he went in the ring. He just... Just one of them guys, just a natural, just very, very good. Seems like kind of trained some of the guys, like or given seasoning, I guess you could say. Well, yeah, I, I started him in the business, but yeah, he had uh, the greatest trainer to me in the world, uh, Malenko. Boris Malenko, yeah, yeah, he was he was great. He helped me an awful lot. What was he like? Because a lot of people say he's like sarcastic or he was a lot funnier than you would think considering the type of wrestler he was and the type of trainer oh, he was. just totally opposite just the nicest guy you ever want to meet in your life just a wonderful wonderful human being just a great guy and I, I never met a nicer guy in my life and of course we mentioned Bob Backlund and Jesse Ventura two of the bigger names uh, obviously yeah great guys too see Everyone in this business, and I wouldn't even have anything to do with them unless they had a good attitude, or or Gani or anyone else. If you did, if you weren't a nice guy, no one would want anything to do with you, because it's not just wrestling. You got to live with these guys. You got to travel with them on the road, day in and day out. You got to be a nice guy in this business, or you're not going to make it. It's that simple. And if you're a bad guy, somebody's going to hurt you. So you had some other guys, too, mixed in. I didn't mention Austin Aries and Eric Rowan, I think, yeah. too, right? And ODB and Sean Devari. Yeah. So there's some newer guys, too. Not newer, but younger guys. They what? Not necessarily newer guys now, but, you know, younger than, no, than no, obviously, no. the guys you yeah, worked yeah. with. Yeah, well, I, I, had, I had a lot of camps, yeah. Yeah, I trained all those. Mm-hmm. What made you keep wanting to keep the training going? To just the success of it or maybe the money kept you going? Uh, I don't know. I just like the guys and the, and the money. You know, the money didn't hurt either. <laughs> right. So I just like being around the guys. I still do. We still, a few that are left, we still get together. And I believe you trained Lenny Lane too, right? Yes, I did. Right. Did I see that right? Did you wrestle him in 2004? No, I never did. Okay. I thought I saw that online somewhere that you... No. We're going to wrestle him or something. I mean, this is obviously going back to 04, but so just train Lenny Lane. Yeah, he was you know, a lot younger than me, but I trained him, you know. Good guy, too. Another good guy. Man, I think if you compare resumes, because I, I know obviously Stu Hart has a huge <laughs> resume, too, of guys, but, you know, if you look at the resume, you line all the guys up. I mean, it's hard to beat that. Jesse and the Road Warriors, yeah. especially in Backlund, especially those guys at the top and Rick yeah. Rude. Forget about it. I mean, ooh, man. Yeah, well, it goes on and on. It's because of Minnesota. It's being at the right place at the right time. That's the way life is. Yeah, how come Minnesota was such a... special. I was just here. 
And how come Minnesota is such like a, a breeding ground for, for these wrestlers? We never know. I, I don't know. Nobody could ever figure it out, but it certainly was. It certainly was. And, you know, I made a good living in business, you know, after the Road Warriors and all the guys I trained. And then I, I started my own promotion with the new guys. I had so many wrestlers that needed experience. So I started uh, Pro Wrestling America, which ran for, I don't know, 15 years, whatever it ran. And I did good at that, too. It's just Minnesota has always been a, a wrestling place. We don't know why, but I'm, I'm glad of it. How was it promoting and running and owning your own territory? Basically running your fun. own show. It's fun. Got One thing I insisted on, have fun. I told the guys when they broke in the business, have fun. That's the one thing I want you to do. Because 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you're never going to remember how much you got paid or how long the trips were. But you're always going to have them great memories like I have. And always have fun and you'll have them good memories and that to me was the most important thing and then if you're happy you're a good worker too did you ever any students or your trainees or somebody you were promoting that you're surprised didn't make it has anybody come to mind oh no no they all they all did pretty well some did better than others some you know just you know quit they didn't i mean not everyone became a big star but uh, as a whole, no, it was pretty good. But they were still real good guys and fun to be around, fun to train. Was but there? I was lucky, just lucky. Was there somebody you trained that you were surprised, like got where they got, like they became a way bigger star than you, you thought? No, no, I, they all were good. They all were good athletes. and I, Otherwise, why bother with them? I wouldn't even want a guy unless he was already a good athlete and he had to have a good attitude. And uh, I was just, I was very lucky, just very lucky, that's all. Right place at the right time, like I said. Have fun. I don't want a good-natured guys. Yeah. When you were running your own shows, the, the Pro Wrestling America, was it related or just had it close ties to Vern at all or no? No, God, no. We're opposition. I'd, I'd be fighting with Vern more than I got along with him. Oh, no. no. So you guys had a little bit of a breakup or a little bit of a split? Oh, God, yes. Oh, my God, yes. And then in the end, of course, I went back and worked for him and as a referee then and everything. And I never really got along with him that good. Off and on, you know, but I... Uh, I miss him now that he's gone. He wasn't that bad a guy. Why didn't you guys get along? I don't know. Who knows? Crazy business like that with a bunch of crazy people? Who knows? Who knows <laughs> what's going to go on? With that breakup, is that why you started your own promotion? Like, because Yeah, you, well, okay. I started my own promotion because I started the wrestling school and I had a bunch of guys that needed the experience and you know, they had a. You can only learn so much in a school, and the rest you got to learn. You got to have the ring time. So, I did that, um, you know, to get them the ring time and make some money too. Of course, that's what it's all about. You got to make money. Yes. 
again, I was the right place at the right time. Vern was going out, and his business was going down, and uh, I had a lot of talents, a lot of opportunities, and again, it was good timing. When you came back to Vern, what was that like? It was okay. It was all right. It wasn't bad, uh, but, you know, he was going down then, and uh, I don't know. I liked it. What did I, I, when I came back, I, I came back as a trainer and a referee. I wasn't wrestling anymore, so yeah, it was pretty easy. Well, he knew you had the uh, the training chops, so uh, obviously he probably yeah, watched. Yeah, that, yeah, so it, it was pretty nice, not bad. And I trained uh, with uh, Brad Ringens, who had a now well, we're in a real nice. He had a nice ring and everything, so yeah, it was, it was a pretty good year for so there. We did okay. Yeah. So with, you know, the wrestling business training, uh, changing, excuse me, and you're still being a trainer, what did you think of Vince McMahon at this point as the territories start dying off and he starts going not only national, but he's going to go global? Well, uh, I always liked uh, I always liked Vince. He's always been good to me, you know, because I, I refereed for him a lot, and I just wanted to work. Uh, I I didn't want to go on the road. I had a family and that. I didn't want to fly around the world and that. So he let me work here. And, you know, a place like Chicago, Peoria, and, you know, and Milwaukee. Um, he's always been nice to me, and I've always liked him. How'd you come to work for him? God, I don't know. How the hell I got in there? I don't know. I can't think of it right now. It's just he was there and I was there and just went to work for him. Someone asked me, to, someone in the office, I don't know who, and I said, sure, you know, as a referee. Yeah, heck yes, because he paid good. He he was good to me. I don't know how they don't, but uh, I was happy there. I liked it. So any sort of relationship with him or is this strictly business Strictly business, you know, just, you know, from, I still, after a long time, I still go down to the matches and see the guys and see him, and he always, you know, had a kind word to say in that, and that was about it. I always liked him, though. He was, he was good to me. I can't say nothing bad about him. Did he ever want, like, you as, like, a trainer of his guys, or it it wasn't like that back then? I didn't even think about stuff like that back then. No, I didn't even think about it, nah. No. After a while, I just uh, went referee once in a while because I, I had a family and a home and uh, different businesses. And I wanted to stay home. I didn't want to be with my family. Boy, is it changed because I feel like if if you were around, you know, nowadays as far as being like younger, they'd probably be at NXT at down at the Performance Center in Orlando. They would probably want you down there training the guys. Oh, yeah, if I was younger, sure. I'd be there. I'd be somewhere. Have uh, you seen that facility? No, no. No, I don't get around that much anymore. You know, a few local shows uh, that make appearances and they pay me in. That's about all. They have uh, you know, a bunch of footage and documentaries and different things where they show it. I mean, it looks like an NFL facility, basically, just with... A bunch of rings in it. I mean, it's crazy 
how, how know. times have changed. You know, it's uh, it's so nice. You know, I had the hardest rings, the worst training facilities ever. And one time I had a, a mat on a cement floor. And the guys would have to stand in line and take bumps. And if they miss the mat, they hit the cement floor. And, uh, I mean, I trained great wrestlers, uh, Charlie Norris, Larry Cameron, and, you know, the Terminators that off a little mat on the floor. Because I didn't have to pay no rent. Wow. So I'd get in places for nothing until they kicked us out. So every, <laughs> I made money. But it worked because of the guys were good. You know, it just tells you how good them guys were. Do you almost think it's bad to have that kind of training nowadays? Where it's almost bad too... nowadays. It's bad anytime. Well, now, it's guys too easy on the... But is, do you think it's too easy on the guys nowadays? Like as far as like the treatment? Because back then, you're saying hard floors, hard rings. Now it's like right. soft floors. They put the padding down. They have anything you need anytime you want it. I mean, it it almost looks like it's, it's like they're almost yeah, spoiled well, a little bit now. Yeah, they certainly are spoiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was just it was a tougher time. I mean, look at the tough guys they had. The tough camp, tough guys. But if you're good, you're good, no matter where you train. They, nothing can hold you back. I mean, you take the road warriors, you can train them, you know, on a cement floor, and they're going to be good. I was just lucky, that's all. I, I just right bunch of guys at the right time. We had terrible training. The worst training camps I've ever heard of in my life we had. But uh, look at the students I had. You couldn't go wrong. They already were athletes. They are. They worked out every day. They trained hard, and they're already halfway there by the time they walked into the, the wrestling camp, just by their looks. No just, doubt about it. Not just lucky. That's all. There's yeah. many trainers uh, good or much better than I am, but uh, they didn't have better students. True, yeah, that resume. Oof. That, that, that's all, yeah, it's, I was just lucky. I, you know, I had a resume around. I should find that because I can't remember how many guys I trained. And they all they all didn't become main eventers, but uh, most of them did. I mean, I remember, I can't remember, like I had a the world champion in New York, Bob Backlund, and the ladies champion, Medusa, then I had the tag team champions, uh, Road Warriors, and I don't know. I, I just, you know, it's hard to remember everything right off the top of my head, but uh, all from Minnesota, all because it was Minnesota, everyone. Except uh, you know, some some come in, like uh, Rick Steiner, he came in from Michigan, and that, but most of them are right from here. And it was a tough time. You know, guys were fighting, you know, they all were good, they all were good street fighters because I, I got them all out of the real tough bar. Uh, grandma bees. They all they all could fight before they could even get in the ring. So you know they're going to be good then. And that's the kind of guys I look for. You know, don't send me the guy that, with a good resume as a good college wrestler or a good amateur wrestler. Just send me the guy that just chewed off somebody's ear. That type of guy. I want that type of personality. And that's what I got. And it worked. Worked big time. <laughs> no, no doubt about that. It worked. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, don't want a tough guy. They're tough guys anyway. They're natural athletes going right in. Mean, tough. They weren't afraid of nothing. And coming in with that attitude, you know they're going to be good. I could tell by talking to them, by meeting them, that they're going to be good. Because they were so tough in the street. I mean, to be a... To be a tough guy, first of all, you got to be well-coordinated, fast, hard-hitting. You know, you got to have all that to start out with, and they have it. And, you know, we had that attitude here, too, you know, and, you know, everyone was fighting, you know, and it'll never be like that again. Thank goodness no one got killed or nothing, but, you know, it was a wonderful time for to be a wrestler. And then I had the big connection then, too. I had Ole Anderson, who was a big promoter in the country at the time. So he he would come right out. He was from here. So he'd come right up here and just take him right out of the school. So just lucky again. Lucky, that's all. As we wind it down, we head towards the finish. I know we mentioned so many of the students. Any of the students stick out to you more than others? Not like, let's say, a favorite, but just ones that just really kind of maybe put a smile on your face thinking back about them. Oh, I, a lot of guys. I mean, I just got together with Charlie Norris today. Oh, yes, you that's know, right. You mentioned that. Yep. Very cool. I, you know, I mean, it was just, uh, that was the best part of it. It was a nice gang of people, just a nice crowd. Just everyone was nice. We laughed. And like I always said, the first rule, have fun and enjoy yourself. You're never going to remember how much money you made on that day, but you're always going to have those good memories. They'll be with you forever, like it is with me. And and uh, that's I want to just have fun. I can't name any one guy. I mean, there, I mean, there's ones that stand. Hawk, you know, is one who was you know larger than life personality and animal, and you know, it's, there's so many. I just too many to even mention, but I, the whole, I just liked everybody and just liked being with them, which is very important in the wrestling business because you got to live together, travel together, ride together, wrestle each other. you got to be a nice guy. If you weren't a nice guy, I wasn't really interested in you at all. I just wanted nice guys. I wanted to have fun, and I did. Man, what a resume. It's crazy. Looking back, when somebody says... Eddie Sharkey, what do you think is the stamp or the legacy of yourself? Well, I hope I did some good for somebody, that's all. Because the business was good to me, and and all the guys in the business were good to me when I was a young kid. And I hope they think of me in the same way, just helping others in the business. Because I like to help people. But it's the only way I really can help anyone is in the business. And I hope just think of me that way. You said that. Thank you for the good times. And you said those that you were lucky you were there, but they're lucky you were there, too. Well, I guess. I guess. We all worked together. You know, I was very lucky, and, you know, as a worker, as a wrestler, and a trainer, I've just been just very, very lucky. Be at the right place at the right time, the right city, the right date. And that's, that's the way the business is anyway. That's the way life is. No doubt about that. Well, Mr. Sharkey, 
I don't know. Do you, do you have any plugs or anything that you want to get out there? I know you said you don't really do many shows, but do you have? I don't think you probably have social media or anything like that, right? No, no, no. I just uh, I'm a little group here and should, No, not much. Just want to thank everyone for their support, and supporting the business. The business. I uh, uh, I guess I, I guess I love the business and just thank you for calling me and. Thank the fans and thank everybody I can. Well, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's a big honor for me. Thank you. Uh, obviously, one of the thank easiest, you so very much. Easiest, well, that's one very... of the greatest trainers of all time. Easily. Well, I tried. <laughs> well, Mr. Sharkey, thank you so much for all the time. Really appreciate it. And thank you for calling. We'll talk again down the road somewhere. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. I have a good day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.